Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of SF Life. I am the junior mining guy on Twitter and the CEO of the Source Financial Group. My name is Kai Hoffman, and uh, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, we have an, in an interesting guest lined up again for today. We're going to talk about what the Fed is doing. Is the U.S. dollar really all doom and gloom for the mining stocks and gold and silver? And uh, going to pivot. Like, is really the Fed and the U.S. dollar the Damocles sword that's hanging over all of us? Do we have to wait until they do something before we can see the light at the end of the tunnel again? in the junior mining or mining world as well. And John Fennec is the best guest to discuss this. And uh, he'll be joining me on screen here in a few short seconds. But I know it's torture, but follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Hit that like and subscribe button. We do have a goal that we want to reach, and we hope you can help us with it. And uh, let us know what you think. What do you think the Fed is doing? What do you think you'll do later in the fall? What do you think the U.S. dollar is doing? Is 100, 108 points for the U.S. dollar too high, too low? Is it going to rally? Where are we going to end up? We want to hear from you as well and smash that like button. It, it helps with the algorithm and uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, let me welcome my guest on the screen. John, it's great to see you again. Welcome back. You too, Kai. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we, we should start a segment, the John Fennec Show on this program because you're on pretty much every two months as a regular. <laughs> well, I appreciate the opportunity. No, it's fantastic content. Great discussions as always. We're really looking forward to this one. And John, um, we we last spoke. I think it was mid June, uh, after right after right around the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, and uh, mm -hmm. I titled the video "Gold Will Rally If This Happens." Right? Um, it hasn't happened. Uh, after right. the video, I think gold tanked quite dramatically. It looked like, and then we had a bit of a midsummer rally. Uh, quite a few stocks recovered, and now gold is in the gutter again. It looks like. Um, Paint us a picture of where we at. Sure. And and hats off to you because I remember during that interview, you were pretty negative mining stocks and uh, it took me a little more time to get there. Uh, by July 31st, we were about 8% cash uh, from 1% cash uh, because I saw that that rally that we saw from January to April fade. And, um, and we wish we got heavier into cash, but uh, I did use uh, uh, some of my other money uh, to short the broad market, um, you know, running a portfolio. Uh, one of the cool things about doing it on my own versus doing it for a shop is that I don't have to follow their prospectus mandates, meaning being 80% invested at all times. I can't short anything like you really are hogtied as a portfolio manager in so many respects in the U.S. So as an independent person, I basically look at that and say, look, Target looks like crap. Um, their their earnings were absolute crap. Like, I mean, look at that news release about ten days ago. That's the worst retail uh, report I've seen from anyone all year. And it's Target. It's not some random you know name out there. So we shorted it, um, and you know we'll continue to do that. Um, I don't I don't make any apologies. I don't think it's un-American to short things. I think it's it's un-American to lead people down a path. Um, that is incorrect and then, you know, deliver terrible results. So, um, you know, we've been uh, having a kind of year, Kai, where it's choppy. We have, we're not proud that we're down, but we're down seven and a half percent less through June 30th in the GDXJ. So, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're doing decently in a, in a bear market here and we've done very well in bull markets, right? So to get to your point, you know, gold, uh, we haven't been in gold. Uh, we got out of all of our gold between 1920 and 2000 an ounce. We, we haven't been back to that trade. Uh, it's not because I dislike gold. I think that it is holding in. If you look at 
1675 level, it bounced off of that, you know, that's technically very good. Um, the big number that everyone's looking at, of course, is around 1575. I think that will hold. Um, but if it doesn't hold, we're going to be selling a lot um, because that is extremely negative, right? We're already seeing so much pain in gold juniors. Um, why would you think that if gold breaks 1575, we're going to have uh, some type of rally, right? It's going to get worse um, if, if that's even possible. Um, so, you know, it's it's important to watch that level. We, were, we, we told people, I think on your show last time, that 18 to 19 silver was in play, and that was around 22. Um, 1801 was the bounce. <laughs> so anyone who says that technical analysis doesn't work is wrong. Um, there's a lot of people looking at these levels, Kai. And so now we, we, we see the potential for silver to get even lower than 18. So we took our limit buys off and moved them down um, simply because it's just not trading well. Um, and I have a lot to gain by saying it should trade well because it's my third largest position, but it's not because I bought it recently. I bought it in April of 2020 heavily, right? So um, that's one of the things I think that investors need to, to understand is that you know getting free information off of the web can be wrong in the sense that, yes, you would look at that and say, John loves silver. It's his third largest position, but I haven't bought it in over two years. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like important to have conversations with portfolio managers and analysts and get their thinking today. Uh, that's what I do, Kai, with, with CEOs. I'm not looking at something from the spring of 2022 and, and relying on that. I'm going to call a CEO and find out a little bit more about that news item before I'm going to make an investment because I just don't want to be wrong. It's it's a very difficult environment right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I mentioned the inter the Fed and the U.S. dollar. I think is hanging over everything. Um, even here in Europe, it's it's the main driver of conversation of the of the industry worldwide. Uh, let's put oil and gas aside, but uh, everybody's looking at the Fed. Everybody's using the Fed as an excuse, in my opinion, now. Um, to, to wait, oh, let's wait till the, to see what the Fed does before I make a decision here. And uh, in junior mining world, financing has dried up ever since the first rate hike in uh, mid-March uh, of this year. Like, how much is the Fed in the U.S. dollar an influence, and why does it have that influence, and how can we get rid of it, or uh, like, how, when, when are things going to turn around? Yeah, so uh, Jeff Christian and myself and a few others were calling for a higher dollar this year. And, it, and that is counterintuitive to our sector and it's not helpful uh, as you can see. But um, I think the dollar will remain high until we see some type of Fed pivot. And we've been calling for a Fed pivot between November of this year and March of next year. Um, that is considerably later than most of my peers. But again, I'm just trying to be honest and, and, and show people what we think rather than do something that's going to put more money in my particular pocket. Um, there's nothing that can be gained by saying a Fed pivot is going to happen sooner because of what we just saw with uh, the Jackson Hole speech, right? In less than eight minutes, Jerome Powell pretty much told everyone we're going to remain hawkish and have a nice day. Um, that's not what the markets wanted to hear. And you saw a significant sell-off August 26th. Uh, August 29 and 30, we've seen some follow-through selling in the broad market. Non-farm payrolls is coming Friday, September 2nd, and that will be meaningful uh, as the last read was nearly double uh, what the estimate was. And again, um, we're in a challenging environment where the Fed feels that they need to see you know, unemployment um, you know, a different than it is now. They need to see inflation lower than it is now. Um, these are not; these things are not happening at the moment. So, 
we have to be patient as investors. Patience is a virtue for a reason. You know, the, the rally in the mining space stopped in August of 2020, in our view. And it's been two years of pain. I, I mean, it's just hard to even say that, right, Kai? I mean, it's just two years of pain and head fakes. And the reality is things have just been really bad. Um, this stretch reminds me of uh, other periods, you know, since the you know, 2000 correction where you just have to be super patient and patience doesn't really happen with the average investor because you've got this immediate gratification market, right? Of like, well, I'll just put my money in this meme stock and it goes up 20% in a week, or I put money in a momentum stock in the last two years and it does great. Or I put my money in Bitcoin last year and it does great. Well, now Bitcoin's down 56% year to date. So how does that feel? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people making bad decisions out there, and I think you need to align yourself with a professional, whether it's me or someone else. No, very very good points. And uh, just to follow up on some of the comments you made here, like when when do you think the Fed will lose its hawkish stance? What are some of the the factors mm -hmm. that might change or direct Powell to a pivot? Um, unemployment rate comes to mind, uh, for example. What are some of the economic indicators that you're looking for? Sure. So. Watch September 2nd, non-farm payrolls will be important. Every you know, first Friday of the month that, that occurs at 8.30 uh, a.m. Eastern. Um, you, you, know, you, you wanna see you know, something like CPI drop below seven, which uh, you know, they want it below five, which is way far from happening in my opinion right now. Um, and, and so you know, these are things that, that could bring a pivot. Um, but really, you could see an outside event bring a pivot too, right? Russia's been very vocal lately. Um, you know, China's been vocal about Taiwan lately. Um, these are outside events that the Fed could use as a reason to just stop, you know, hiking. Um, not to say that they're, they're not going to continue to hike into 2023, but the markets would love any type of, you know, uh, breather here, correct? No, absolutely. The the extremely strong U.S. dollar, I think, is is the other one as well that's sort of uh, killing us, quite honestly. Because mm -hmm. um, Treasury yields are up, U.S. dollar is strong. There's no need to invest in gold right now because everything seems to be honky dory, right? Um, although I think that's uh, that's an illusion, in my opinion. Um, Talking U.S. dollar, I think that's an interesting factor as well. The U.S. seems to be fighting a two-front war right now, one against Russia, one against China, uh, delivering weapons to Taiwan, uh, delivering weapons and giving monetary support to the, to the Ukraine on the other end. Um, the U.S. dollar is under attack, right? Um, do, do you see another currency popping up as well? And uh, how much longer will the U.S. dollar stay as strong as it is? Those are great questions, and I'm not a currency expert, so I, I'd rather pass on that in the sense that I watch the dollar every day like any good you know, precious metal investor should. But um, the chart's telling you it's going higher, and it, it was right, right? Um, so you need to see some Fed breather or, or, or pivot to see the dollar decline, in my opinion, in a meaningful way. You might get breathers like we saw recently where it's you know going to decline a bit but then technically it bounces and it's just back in rally mode right um so yeah i don't really follow a lot of currencies and, and don't trade them in my portfolio we're very like plain vanilla it's it's buy sell or short yeah. no it's, it's interesting because i remember trump saying well we need a weak us dollar to strengthen our own economy to, to make it cheaper to import, but now the U.S. dollar is so strong, it's getting more 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 expensive to import. It's it's tough to strengthen your own economy. 
and to have a stable economy if your input costs are so much higher. So it's it's a bit of an oxymoron. Like I'm not sure if the, if that's the right uh, metaphor, but uh, it's like you have a strong U.S. dollar, you're trying to fight inflation, yet your your currency is so strong that you're pushing prices higher, and you're not making any headway. And from a gold aspect, of course, you do want a weak dollar. So I'm, I'm fishing sure. for I'm fishing for glimmers of hope here, maybe. Um, <laughs> where, where we can see a trend change because I don't see it yet. And I think it'll be, it'll be a far cry. Um, I mentioned earlier, Labor Day is coming up next week. Um, mm -hmm. Usually a bit of a turnaround in the markets, especially for junior mining and mining stocks. People are back at their desks, some more volume coming right. into the market. Um, what do you expect to happen this time around? Yeah, I think, I think it's been an awful August, uh, like as we expected. Um, it's usually a lower volume time, and we've had some significant news like Jackson Hole this month, where you know it did it did you know, royal things a bit. Um, remember, Kai, that you know going back to you know the '87 crash, at least if not further, um, the worst market the worst market month of the year is September. So I expect the broad market to continue its downward path um, and into October potentially. It just depends on the news flow and, and seeing how these different metrics come in like non-farm payrolls and CPI and GDP, et cetera. Um, but I feel uh, um, that our sector will get a significant bounce once we see the broad markets really break down. And by that, I mean break support. Um, you know, if if we get that, you know, let me, let me uh, help you help your, your listeners with the, the mindset of a, of a portfolio manager, right? Right. So I worked for a lot of these people alongside them at Black Rocks and big shops. Right. If you manage three billion dollars in a large value fund, <clears throat> your mandate is 80 percent invested at all times. That leaves you only a 20 percent cushion. And believe me, go back and look. Don't take my word for it. Go look at what they did January through March of this year. They weren't even close to 20 percent cash. Why? Because you have to you're getting benchmarked against like the Russell 1000 value. You have to beat that benchmark or else. Right. On an annual basis. So so the greed in this market is extremely high right now, even even now. So that's the, the, the real um, worrisome thing for me is that we still have people believing that, you know, we're going to get a V-shaped recovery out of this. Just think about the mindset last week. It's like we're, we're just going to believe that this is going to get better. Hope isn't a strategy. You know, you had to watch the 200-day moving averages on the S&P, the Russell, and the, and the NASDAQ, and they all failed on, on August 26th and leading up to August 26th. No, no, no single day did you break out above that on the S&P, right? That's technically terrible. You know, that, that tells you we're still in the framework of a bear market, believe it or not. And so what do you do? You, you either stay in cash or you short or you write puts, you do something, you just don't sit there, right? You have to be active in this market. And, um, you know, for us, it's shorting because there's so much fluff uh, still in the market, in my view. Um, there's a lot of companies that are up way more than they should be from the March 2020 low. Oh, absolutely. You're talking about all those uh, stay-at-home stocks as well, I think that's changing dramatically. We talked cruise liners or cruise ships, uh, what was it, CCL, I think last time we talked about, and uh, yeah. some of the others. Target was mentioned earlier. Um, all those stocks, yep. like, and it seems like Target is one of those lifestyle stocks that really boomed during COVID. Um, for some reason, they've become an internet and meme spectacular phenomenon as well. I'm not even sure how that happened, but they keep popping up on my Instagram. Um, so those are definitely mm -hmm. targets and easy targets to, to sort of uh, short as well. Um, 
Do, do you see a threshold when the 401k money sort of gets scared? I've been saying that for years that we need to scare the 401k money to shift. Um, is there a certain threshold like marks that you're looking for? You mentioned 200 uh, day moving averages, um, but it's got to be more dramatic than that. I think uh, corrections don't help, but crashes do. Um, sounds very negative, but I'm looking for silver linings and we're asking straws here. So if I had a lot of money in, in a 401k, um, and I've, I've said this to numerous clients and followers, that's your serious money, correct? You might have a half a million in mining stocks, but you might have 2 million in your 401k if you're in your 50s or 60s, right? You, you, you have all, you know, 80% of your money there. Why would you be fully exposed to the broad market right here after a 13 plus year rally? Why? Why? Like, I mean, just take some, some money, put it in a money market fund, literally sit in cash, you know, protect what you've earned. Like that's, that's my thinking. Um, and I don't just say that I've done that last June. In fact, I think I said this on your show. I remember we did something when I recorded in Vegas. Um, I went to hundred percent cash in my 401k and, in because all the options are terrible. They're like, you know, long options only. There's nothing there that's going to hedge. Um, so you know, we, we own zero of the broad market right now. Things are starting to look attractive. You know, I mean, once in a while on an earnings miss, things are starting to look good. Like I, I'm tracking something like eBay right now because at 44 bucks, you know, it's getting cheaper. It's not where I want it yet, but that's a model that I followed for 20 years that, that, that has worked, right? It's like people will start selling things to make money if they really need to, and what are the marketplaces they do that? Amazon, eBay, et cetera, right? Like these, these companies could do reasonably well um, because a lot of their revenue is generated from that kind of um, you know, customer. Yeah. So um, you know, my mindset is always open-minded, right? It's like, I'm not going to just short everything blindly. I'm gonna say, okay, this could do well in an economy like we're skating towards, but in, in for most cases, like travel and leisure, uh, retail i think a lot of these stocks are really flawed um ross and marshall's comes to mind as a long long stock long <laughs> strategy stock right now it's that's uh it's Ro ross ross i would disagree with only and that's ros and i don't know the charts it's just names that come to mind yeah. like th stocks yeah. that should do well and everybody's doing poorly meaning yeah people are doing poor like people are being laid off money is tight that's uh sort of the stocks i'd be looking at or at least well, if, if they take Take a look at the Ross's earnings about 10 days ago. You know, they, they beat by 10 cents. However, when you read through the reports, uh, the CEO said, we're not just guiding down next quarter, we're guiding down two quarters from now. And you and I both know if that was Newmont, it would be down 20% a day. Like, it's like, you know, it's, it's unbelievable that the stock was up on that kind of rhetoric, but we shorted it at 92 um, that morning because I said, this is nuts. Why would you guide down for six months and the stock's up? Like, it's even Ross is struggling, right? Yeah. Like that's how bad retail is. Um, it's it's interesting. It's a great. I, I yeah, remember like Ross is one of those stores. I, for some reason, when I go to the U.S., because you can buy cheap polo T-shirts, like you uh, polo Ralph Lauren T-shirts, they're ten bucks, fifteen bucks. So True. I was going there because there are sixty euros and more here in Germany, right? So right. I, I like a good. I like a bargain, okay. But yeah, uh, sometimes you go into a Ross store. It doesn't matter where you go. Sometimes they are completely empty, meaning there's no inventory, right? As well. Yeah. So there's just. Like I'm trying to figure out that business model is, but it's something that uh, I know we're getting way off topic here, but <laughs> it's interesting because I'm I'm fishing for a bit of recession-proof stocks as well, right? Might as well have that conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, we should. Yeah. And, and to me, Ross isn't one of them because it's run up too much, right? If Ross was trading at a more reasonable level, I would agree. I would buy and flip-flop the trade, right? But right now, it runs up on, on the, fact, the fact that they're going to beat earnings. They beat earnings badly, you know, big, and then the stock gets crushed. Like that to me is another indication you're in a bear market. Fantastic. Um, dividend stocks. What do you what do you feel about dividend stocks? Uh, Nestle was yep. discussed with me before in another conversation. Um, just solid. I, I call them moat stocks, uh, just to mm -hmm. protect your portfolio and maybe you know get a dividend. Yeah, I mean, things have to be bombed out enough for me to be interested just because of a dividend. I've never used that as a major screen. Um, I would say that the mining space, how it relates to us, is that Newmont's got a 4% plus div, right? Um, a lot of the companies are now saying, hey, we're going to get a 1% to 2% div and deliver that. You know, once we get to 1% to 3% on average, large cap value managers will start taking notice of that and get more interested in our sector. And, and if you believe in that, Look at the 2009 to 2011 rally in the large cap names. Um, that's exactly what happened. People started to, to increase dividends. Large value managers started to come, become more interested coming out of a really negative period of time for investing, correct? And they were looking at, a you know, what do I put my money in that's super cheap with a div? Um, that's the environment we're creating right now. You know, we're creating this situation where, as we sit here today, Kai, as you're, if you're a portfolio manager, you can short a number of different things, right? But um, they continue to short our sector. Why? Because it's an easy target. Well, when other stocks and other sectors start to really get hit, like biotech technology, the really high beta stuff, then they're going to start looking at our sector as a safe haven, right? And that money will start coming in. And I think what's going to be great about it in 2023 and 24 is that it'll be a bigger uh, amount of money than you and I even can believe because we have literally no ownership right now in mining stocks when you look at stuff like the S&P and, and the NASDAQ and, and the Russell. I mean, you know, the only S&P stock is Newmont, I believe. It's like there's no, no representation there, right? So if we take it from an infinitesimal amount to even a 1%, you know, weighting, it's going to be very, very positive for us. Yeah, absolutely. I was just looking it up while you were chatting is uh, Newmont has a 5.21% dividend yield. That's unheard yeah. of in the mining world. Like that's insane. Unreal. Like, like I'm just looking at it it's like, well, I should shift maybe some money into that. That seems, <laughs> and that's not investment advice. It's, it seems a bit like a no brainer right now. Although it might go down lower and all of a sudden you have 6% yield and all this. Like mind, mind blowing <laughs> stuff. Right. John, fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Super insightful, really sure. entertaining. Uh, I think we covered a lot of topics and a lot of bases and really appreciate the insights. Before I let you go, where can we find more of you and uh, where can people uh, find uh, some more commentary and information? Sure. So uh, fennecconsulting.com. Uh, my email address is personally just john.fennec at Yahoo, which may be in the show notes. Um, but uh, we just started a newsletter last summer, Kai. Uh, we haven't really marketed it much at all. We're going to redo the website in the next week or so here and offer people like your listeners a discount uh, through September 30 on the newsletter. So um, we don't tie people up to a six or 12 month commitment because I feel it's disingenuous in this kind of a market. You can go month to month, uh, do whatever you want. You know, I, I think that uh, our, our, our format is like one or two pages on the economy, just kind of stuff that I just talked about, right? Uh, short ideas sometimes, uh, things that I see, you know, globally that are of interest. Uh, then we focus 
on a commodity and focus um, every single issue. So that could be oil, it could be gas, it could be mining, of course, but uh, we don't just limit ourselves to gold and silver. Uh, um, so yeah, we'd, we'd love to you know get more of a following in that space. And I'll be attending uh, Beaver Creek, Colorado, as well as Denver, uh, Colorado uh, conferences here between September 13 and 20, if anyone's out there. Um, maybe a short follow-up question, like A, how often are you going to publish? And B, what do you expect the mood at the conference is going to be like? But let's keep it brief. Yeah, I publish twice a month. I'll probably be going to weekly at some point when we pick up our our, our following. And then as far as uh, the conference, uh, we had 17,700 people at PDAC in Toronto. So, I mean, there was definitely a large amount of people there. Uh, I, I expect a really good vibe uh, at, at Precious Metal Summit. And I hope the same for Denver. Yeah, I hear Precious Metal Summit is a fully booked out, like the whole town of Beaver Creek and Avon, there's nothing available right. in terms of accommodations, no Airbnb, no hotels. So really curious what the mood is and what comes out of it. So really curious to hear what you have to say. We'll get, we'll get you back on to discuss. Sounds great. Fantastic. John, thank you so much. And to everybody sure. else, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion with John Fennec of Fennec Consulting. Make sure to visit his website, take a look at the newsletter as well. And uh, leave, leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe to this channel. Over 80% of you guys are not subscribed to the channel for some reason. And uh, let's, let's change that. Uh, it'll help us tremendously. We'll get more investors follow us and get some more sound money information. Not advice, really important. It's not financial advice. It's all financial information. And that's just what John and I think of the markets and what we're looking at and how we're uh, like sort of behaving in it as well. Uh, if you have any questions, put them in the comments and uh, leave us a like. We want to hear from it and uh, much appreciated. Thanks so much for joining us.